Impacting Life 24-7 sponsors are unique in that they help us to continue to impact one life, one day at a time. Our gold sponsors, Michelle Perry. She is the host of the Successful Diligence podcast and best-selling author of The Pebble in My Shoe. You can connect with Michelle and get a copy of her book at SuccessfulDiligence.com. Paula Cousson has dedicated her life volunteering in community youth programs such as the Young Marines. Paula believes that the greatest asset each young person has is at least one caring adult in their life. Donald Lamb, he and his wife have been happily married for over 35 years. He is the proud father of one daughter and three sons. Donald honorably served his country for over 22 years in the United States Army and retired with distinction. Active in his community, Donald is the owner and operator of Mama's Boy Event Planning and Coordinating Services. Connect with Donald at facebook.com forward slash Mama's Boy Events Coordinating. Amanda Aker, coming from a past of drug abuse, homelessness, and being a convicted felon, Amanda has broken through and was able to let the good things into her life. Amanda is now on a mission to inspire and motivate people just like you. Amanda's core message is that our past does not define us and we are way stronger than we think. Connect with Amanda at facebook.com forward slash amanda.aker2017. Our platinum sponsors, Mr. Gregory Smith. He is the author of 100 Simple Ways How to Manage a Property and Evidence Room. Get your copy by reaching out to Gregory Smith on Facebook or email him at smithg1963 at yahoo.com. Adrian Barker, she is the host of the Adrian Barker Speaks podcast, a life coach and CEO of Professional Global Etiquette. Please connect with her at professionalglobaletiquette.com. Mr. Mike Black from New Bern, North Carolina. Mike helps men throughout Eastern Carolina lead a faith-filled life. He is a compassionate leader in his church and a devoted husband and father. Dr. Nate Dunlap Jr. He is the executive director of the PRF Institute. He's the author of What's Next, Preparing for Eternity, and Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration to Leave a Legacy. As a 501c3 organization, the PRF Institute is blessed to be the premier stewardship-based teaching ministry that truly responds to the needs of others in the community. Contact him at prfinstitute.org. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, it's very simple. Just visit clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Visit clkingspeaker.com, and I am your host, C.L. King. I'm sitting here atop of the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair in the High Definition Studios of Impacting Life 24-7 right here in Impactville. That's right. I am the sheriff of Impactville. And I voted myself in, so nobody can vote me out. How about that? Thank you so much again for tuning in. We are tuning. We are uh, attempting to continue our series tonight on North Carolina foster children who have been in in a situation where they need a home, and instead of getting a home, they either get put on a floor in an office or in an institution. And I want you to know that's a very very sad state. <clears throat> me. 
being a former foster child, I really, really, really took note of this article and this story. This story uh, was published back in November, and I was sitting in the dentist's office, happened to pick up this paper, which I have in my hand right now. For those of you listening to our podcast on Impacting Life 24-7, on the 28 various, oh no, it's actually 30 platforms now, please know that I have a paper in my hand from the Sun Journal and I was sitting in the dentist's office with my son and the caption in the article said, nowhere to go. Foster children just needing a bed. Instead, North Carolina locked them in institutions. So when I saw that, it really grabbed my attention because remember, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know that are listening to our broadcast, which is cast in a wide net around the globe, I am a three-time foster child as well as a two-time group home child. And so I have a very close affinity with the foster care world. In fact, Ruth E. Plowden, my last foster mom, is the very reason why you get to enjoy this broadcast. Because it had not been for her, I would not be here. So, uh, you know, here we are. I want to give you maybe a different perspective on what people are seeing before we go back to that article. And I want want you to hear what uh, uh, article was written back in February. Now, this is back in February. It was a it was a different dynamic in February 2021. However, there there was still a problem. And this is this is identified here in North Carolina. The article is at WRAL.com. And the, the title of this article is We Are Failing These Children. Foster care systems struggle in pandemic. So obviously we know the pandemic has added some various or some additional stressors to an already stressed out system. So let's see what they were talking about in February. This is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Child neglect and abuse during the coronavirus pandemic create challenges for an already strained foster care system. The growing worry is that the problems go undetected and even when at-risk children are identified, there aren't enough safe places for them to go. And we dealt with that at nauseum last night. We belabored the point in, in the article in the Sun Journal, which was also in the USA Today, that the problem is, is that there's not enough places for these children to go and they are being taken, extracted from their homes, no fault of their own. The article goes on to say, I'm sure that there are some kids in situations that I don't even want to think about. Foster parent Chris Strong said there are kids in situations that I can't even I can't even put my head around it. I don't even want to know because they're so bad because the situations are so bad. Teachers and school staff are usually the key detectors of neglect and abuse in the home. And that's the truth for me. I remember the time when I was homeless around 11 years old, uh, I would still from time to time go to school and the teachers would give me double breakfasts and double lunches because I was so skinny. I was severely malnutritioned and they took note of that. They, they when uh, you know, when I was living with one of my parents and I had all these welts all over my body, I remember the teachers taking me in to like some closed closet area and examining all these welts. And it was a real issue then. So teachers are in the front lines of identifying kids that are being neglected or abused in the home. So in-person learning, when it got interrupted for several weeks or or months during the pandemic, the overall reporting 
had fell by 20% because the kids weren't there and nobody could see. I'm talking to all of you tonight, those that join us live, as well as those that listen to our podcast, which has its tentacles in 30 countries and 40 states, 42 states around the world. I'm talking to you tonight about foster kids with nowhere to go, foster kids with no homes to go to, foster kids that have been who don't need psychiatric help, but have been thrown into psychiatric establishments because they just, the system in North Carolina is failing our young people. And if you would like to comment on this, we love to have you do that. The number is 252-622-2561. We love to hear what you think, why, and what, what the problem is and what the, what the solution is for this, for these kids being placed in institutionalized settings as opposed to homes. Again, you can call in tonight, 252-622-2561, and we will put you on the air on Impact Life 24-7 live. You'll be joining the prestigious airwaves with C.L. King live. And so the article goes on to say, it's harder to detect when the kids are out of school. The reduced case count conflicts with the reality of pandemic-driven problems, Rosman said. We are still really concerned because we know that there are so many stressors that have come through the pandemic. The pandemic has injected stressors into an already strained system. Economically, loss of jobs, loss of connections with families. Uh, She said this is just this is just a snowball effect. Jennifer Conyers has seen the good and bad of the foster care system since she was 13. And I can, I can attest to that too. I agree that there, we have the good elements of the foster care system, i.e. Ruth and Paul Plowden. And we have the bad of the foster care system. And I won't mention those names. Jennifer Conyers, who is now a thriving sophomore at North Carolina A&T University, this 20-year-old Connor says it took her years to find the right foster fit. See, it's not just that that's that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just enough that we have warm bodies for for these kids to go to, but it's got to be a fit. You You got to understand that you're taking in someone else's child and you're giving them what they're craving for. I said this last night. <laughs> I said this last night. I was craving for love. I was craving for community. And we've got a problem in North Carolina. And I love to hear I love to hear your perspective and thoughts on it. It's probably nationwide. I've just focused on this state because I need to take care of my mission field, but I'm sure that it's it's nationwide this foster care epidemic. But this young lady from ANT she said, "We don't use the term foster family at all where she's at because blood cannot make us any closer." But Conyers said she knows her outcome doesn't happen for every child in the system. Again, this is it's impacting like 24-7 with your host, C.L. King. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this magnificent show, which is a cathedral of resources, please go to clkingspeaker.com. That's right, clkingspeaker.com, and just scroll down, and there's an opportunity for you to connect with us on a monthly basis to become a sponsor of this show. Because guess what? When we started, there was about one person listening, and I think it was Samson, and he wasn't even very interested. And now, as I said, we are on we are on 
29 different platforms. We are downloaded in 30 different countries and 44 different states. So obviously the Lord is blessing. Okay, so some kids don't have a place to stay and it hurts me. I want others to feel the love and support that I feel because it's not always like that, she said. They just need a place to lay their head at night. They just want to feel safe. And the pandemic isn't making it any easier. It just makes my my whole life sad thinking about it and makes it a whole lot harder for a youth. See, this is what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, those of you tuning in to Impact Life 24-7 Live, welcome. Again, I'm your host, C.L. King. You can connect with us at clkingspeaker.com. I just want you to know, get ready. June the, I mean, July the 24th, 7-24-22 will be the epic release of my first book entitled Who Ate My Brownie? And I am just so honored to be able to to leave this body of work for my children and for children all across the country. I want them to understand that no matter that's the subtitle, no matter the adversity, you still can make it. And the and the the brownie symbolizes the nexus. Okay, the brownie symbolizes the pivot point, the 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 transitional moment where I went from being in a very tumultuous time and abusive time and a, and, and a, a poverty stricken time to a time of reconciliation. And I was able to capture my life by one brownie. Okay. So the article goes on despite reduced reporting in 2020, Wake County saw a spike in the number of children removed from homes in the fall. So they said in the fall, in September, 38 alone were removed, another 23 in October, while 83% of removals are typically due to neglect. Social workers found nearly half during the pandemic, 45% were because of abuse. Young kids who need a place to stay do not have a place to stay in North Carolina. They're being put in offices, they're being placed in in warehouses they're being placed in psychiatric wards and i think that's wrong what is your thoughts what are your thoughts would you like to comment on what's happening and this this really uh, this is its own pandemic with our young people that are in foster care sure call in 252-622-2561 we'd love to hear from you so compounding the problem is the lack of safe options to place at risk children you know what what defines at risk you know you have an you have a definition for what at risk really is you know i had there's a there's a group that i work with and and they don't call their kids at risk they call them at opportunity and i just thought that was so powerful but the but the truth of the matter is, is that we got to realize that in certain situations the risk is exponentially greater than the average kid who's got mom and dad and all that in the picture and, and doing well and having opportunities, their risk is lower than a kid that's being raised in poverty, abuse, and neglect. And North Carolina is facing its own internal pandemic because the foster care system does not have it together. Foster care don't have it together. We have definitely, the article goes on, we have definitely experienced an increase in not having a placement and in turn having children at our building awaiting placement, she said. 
Wow, Rosman, you're telling me that you guys got kids who need a, a home, foster kids that need a home, and they got to stay in your building? Watch this. It says, up to two children at a time stay at Wake County Human Services building on a blow-up mattress or a recliner waiting to find a transition home. Waiting to find a transition home. Because they have none. Because there, there, are, no, there are no people willing to... to open up their home to these children. So the numbers are increasing in foster kids that are needing a place and the numbers are decreasing in parents and those that can help. So see, Rosman goes on to say, this is what keeps me up at night because I know that these kids are not being, their needs are not being met while at our building. Staffers call hundreds of foster facilities around across the country for placement, but there simply aren't enough, she said. So it, we can we can gather by the, the, the net that they're trying to cast to call around the country that it's not just a North Carolina issue. But I'm raising it because North Carolina happens to be the state that I've lived in the longest. You know, I lived in Ohio for 18 years, and I've lived here for 27 So what are your thoughts? What do you think? If you're watching the replay, leave a comment. What do you think why North Carolina is struggling and suffering to, to get kids placed who just need foster care? If you'd like to comment on this, you can call in live, 252-622-2561. We love to hear your thoughts. I know this is the first time I've opened the phone lines, but we're going to continue to have them open from here on out. So what 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 she said in addition to that to that comment was Strong says she knows that the impact family settings can have on these children. You know, we have facilities telling us that we just can't serve that youth, she said. And then she goes on to say they need stability. They they yearn for it, they hunger for it, she said. If they can get into a home where they feel cared for and safe, and 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 like there's no threat that is going to uh, have them go anywhere again, they bloom. But you don't you don't know what that's like, man. Because I was I was bouncing around from group homes and foster homes. You don't know what that's like just packing your stuff up in a in a in a trash bag or black hefty trash bag and and moving it from from place to place place because you don't know if if where you're going to be next. And you know what? You know, I, I understand poverty is, a, is an issue. It, it is a real issue. I, I lived in poverty. I'm not talking about just being poor with, you know, being poor with a family. I was I was poor, dirt poor. And I'm talking about um, it, it was condemned poorness that that I experienced. Like like the places I was at should have been condemned. But but you know what? Somebody's got to step up and say that there's more to life than this. There there's got we got to do better. There there's I got to find some resources. I got to work three or four jobs. I got to do something. But to just sit around and say, well, I'm poor because I live on the west side of Cleveland, or I'm poor because you know I didn't have a mom and dad, or I'm poor. You know what? I understand why Jesus said the poor you have with you always. Because you know what? Some of it, I didn't say all of it, so don't y'all go throwing stones at me. But some of it can be mitigated. 
some poorness can be mitigated because you could take people, you could put a control group of people in the same neighborhood with the same lack of opportunity, with the same uh disheveled buildings and, and lack of, of companies and growth and all that. You can you can put this same individuals in a in a city ravaged with crime and and, and drugs, etc. Gangs. You can put the same individuals in there and there are some that will say, you know what, I'm not staying here. I, I'm not this is not where I'm going to land. This is where I'm going to take off from. So then sometimes when I look at it, I'm like, okay, if everyone had the same physical capacity to do it, if they all had their faculties about them and and they they wind up becoming a captured and becoming a victim of poverty, maybe we need to teach them how to get out instead of just teaching them how to sustain in poverty. You know, my friend, Dr. Nate Dunlap, he, he teaches people how to reduce, he, you know, Poverty reduction. He teaches people how to get out of poverty. That's why you got to get my book, June, I mean, July 24th, 2022, because I'm going to show you that there that there is something that 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 captures the heart and the imagination of, of the soul that says, listen, I we're poor. The lights are off. Roaches crawling everywhere. The, the building should be condemned that we're living in. I got to get out of here. I cannot, I cannot land here. I can't reside here. And that's what 11 year old boy did. That that'll be detailed in my book. So tonight, for those of you who are passing by in our live audience, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to impacting life 24 seven. But if you'd like to comment on, on the foster care system that is reeling right now in North Carolina, we'd love to hear from you. Two, five, two, six, two, 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 five, six, one. And I'm reading a, a different article tonight uh, out of Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, the, the, the people are saying, listen, we sometimes have to put people on the floor in a blow up mattress because there's just simply nowhere for them to go. Our great friend and Paul and, and um, sponsor Paula Cousson says, I believe that people nowadays believe it's not their problem. They don't want to get involved. It's not their problem. P people need to think about others, helping others. Just my opinion. Exactly, Paula. Guess what? My my foster mom was exactly what you just said. Her and Paul Plowden were well past their years of childbearing and child rearing. And you know what they said? You know what? We're going to at 60 plus years old, we're going to open up our home to kids who are at the highest risk, gangbangers, drug dealers, sex offenders, it, homeless kids like me. They said, I'm going to open up my home, even though all of my kids are well grown. And when I got there with my two glad trash bags full of clothes, she welcomed me in. And that's, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that's what these kids are just looking for. They're just looking for a place to, to be loved. And you're right, Paula. I, I told Terry, I said, man, when we get all settled down in Houston, Texas, because that's where we're moving to, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving the entire headquarters to the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State. That's right. Well, you know, we said when we settle down, all of our kids will be emancipated. They'll probably still be asking us for money, but that's OK. But when we get a man, when we get them all out and they're all doing well, doing their thing, we may reconsider opening up our house. We very well may do that. You know why? Because this, this, if somebody opened up their house for me. Strong in this article said, 
who who has been caring for a 17 year old girl for about a year this is strong she she says she knows that children are lost in a system overwhelmed and complicated by the pandemic they're 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 in a system that but it's been it's been before the pandemic from the study that i've done but the reality is that the pandemic has exacerbated the situation i know that there are and and they really are some unseen kids in this situation it's very frightening she said i struggle with the fact that we may be as an individual system and systems across the state that are serving this shared population that we are failing these children hello neri from the philippines neri's been with us almost since the beginning i'm talking tonight about foster children who are in the system, who was, I was a foster kid three times over, who are in the North Carolina foster care system and they have absolutely no place to go. I started this series last night with an article that I read in the Sun Journal. And so that that article was entitled, Nowhere to Go. Okay, I have it in my hands here, guys. I didn't do I didn't do all computer work tonight. I actually have a good old-fashioned newspaper. Can you imagine that? A newspaper, people actually using it. How you doing, VP? The VP is the man of the hour. I can't wait to, to sell all these books and split the profits with you, brother. Uh, VP just he finished his book last year, A Hundred Simple Ways to manage a property and evidence room and if you like a copy of his book just go to smith g 1963 at yahoo.com check that out vp i got it memorized yo um and so here's the deal when we go back to this article that was an investigative study over four series or over four sessions I'm I'm back to this article about North Carolina students or North Carolina foster kids being placed in psychiatric psychiatric facilities when they don't need those services. I would love for you to call in and give your perspective on why we're allowing this to happen. Call in 252-622-2561. You're welcome to call in and voice your your perspective, your understanding, your your frustration, your outrage. Like me, I when I was reading this article, the more I read it, the hotter my ears got because I was fuming knowing that there are kids in a system that's broken the system is broken sometimes we rely on the system so much we don't realize how broke it truly is now i'll just call it for what it is if you've got to place children who've been removed from their home for neglect abuse etc if if the system is so bogged down that we have to place these kids in psychiatric facilities that's a problem so you want to call in and give your thoughts on it? 252-622-2561. And, and the, so the article goes on to say, oh, yes, Nelly, I just had to, Nary, I had to stop for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you in our podcast audience, as well as those of you tuning in on Impact Life 24-7, it's so good to have Nary. She has she lives in the Philippines and she has commented on our show since we first began. She was like my first um, overseas viewer and she has been with us ever since. And she just says very nice topic. Thanks for sharing. We love and appreciate you, Neri. Thank you so much. 
and uh, we appreciate our Philippine audience and as well as the other 29 countries that download and tune into our show. Can you believe that, Greg? 30 countries around the world, brother. We start, I just posted last night, Panama joined the Impacting Life 24-7 movement. And so if you'd like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, become a sponsor. Help us out. Help us push this thing to where we're in every nation of the world because we are creating a cathedral of resources. All you got to do is go to Impacting Life 24-7. To find us, you got to go to clkingspeaker.com. So let's look at this article. It says, in North Carolina, caseworkers at local Social services agencies are responsible for finding a foster care family, group home, or another suitable space placement for children removed from their parents' custody. And that's kind of the path that it takes because I was placed into two group homes, but I had to be removed from them them because I was being sexually abused. That will be detailed in my book. So you go to a place to be safe and rescued from abuse and neglect, and you only get the same thing, the abuse and neglect. And so managed care organizations created by the General Assembly decide whether the state will pay the cost. Let me get my paper right here through Medicaid, a state and federal program that provides low cost or free health care to the poor. A 2017 consultant report about Mecklenburg County describes the dysfunction in the system. I'm talking about children in North Carolina who are foster kids who have been removed from their home by no fault of their own and they're they're thrusted into a dysfunctional system where we were replacing them in psychiatric facilities, replacing them on blow up mattresses in social service offices. I'm telling you there's a problem and we need to address it. You know what they should do? They should make me the ambassador for North Carolina foster care. Because I was a foster kid and I know the struggles. Even when you get a great foster home like I was in, the last one, Miss Ruth E. Plowden, my foster mom, I named my chair after her, the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair. I was blessed to give her eulogy when she passed away in 2013. She had over 83 foster kids over 30 years and she poured her heart and soul into these boys. But the reality is, is that kids are being thrust into a dysfunctional system. Let's see what that said. In 2017, consultant report in Mecklenburg County describes the dysfunction in the system. North Carolina doesn't have enough foster families willing to take in abused and neglected children. Local Department of Social Services offices are left scrambling to find places since group homes and psychiatric centers are often full. So we don't have a place to we don't have a place to put these children, Greg. So I would love if you guys are watching out there in our live audience as well as thank you for tuning in to our podcast, downloading it all across the country and around the world. I would love to know your perspective. 252-622-2561. Why are we allowing this to happen? What is the root cause? We're saying that there's not enough homes, there's not enough safe places, but is it okay? to take a child and put them in a psychiatric place, a psychiatric facility when they don't need those services, where it has been documented that those kids experience further abuse, further mistreatment, and and further neglect. 
Mecklenburg County, which contains the state's largest city, Charlotte. Of course, Greg and I and Mike were just there. Sent children to a psychiatric residential treatment facility in South Carolina when caseworkers could not find another option. When the state rejected placements in a psychiatric residential treatment facility, Mecklenburg paid $400 per day per child on its own to keep kids in the facility for up to two months in a locked psychiatric facility where a kid was just needing a bed. And I'm telling you, I believe in the pandemic. I, I believe that there, there are issues relative to its growing, but I also believe that we got some other pandemics that maybe we have been so consumed with this, with COVID that we've forgotten that there are, there are other issues in our state and in our local communities and around the world that we need to give voice to. Okay. Every day I, I get, I get my ever loving full of the COVID cases. And, and I understand that that's real. I don't, I don't dispute it, but I'm also saying, man, that somebody has got to lift up their voice and cry aloud for these kids that are being placed in facilities, not suited for kids who are, who are already experiencing the trauma of being taken out of their home. Paula Cousson was right earlier. It's like people just turn a blind eye to it. Well, you know, it's somebody else's problem. Somebody will figure it out. Listen to this. The article goes on. I am reading from the Sun Journal. And the topic tonight is nowhere to go. Foster children just needed a bed. Instead, North Carolina locked them in institutions. This was a doc. This was a four, uh, four part series. Yeah, Greg, it's 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 deep, bro. This was a four part series conducted. It's it's not just in the Sun Journal, but it's also in USA Today. And 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 they have done a an exhaustive job of investigating as well as interviewing people in the system. Those folks wanted to keep anonymity because they were afraid they would lose their job. You know, here, here's, here's another little sidebar of this. According to the state reports and experts, North Carolina relies too much on psychiatric residential treatment facilities instead of community-based programs that allow youth to receive services outside of institutions. So this is a part of the Locked Away series, uh, which was a four-part series in the USA Today Network, North Carolina. So I'm a fo- I'm a foster kid. I, I got to stop saying I'm a former foster kid. I'm still a foster kid. I was I was raised a foster kid. I graduated a foster kid. I got married a foster kid. I had children as a foster kid. I became a Marine as a foster kid. And and you know what? I was taken out of my home for, for I left my home. Got to read the book. Who ate my brownie? I left my home and tried to make it on my own. That's tough at 11 years old, y'all. That's tough at 11 years old. And so watch what the state did, okay? It, the, the state of North Carolina, okay? If, if, listen, if your, grass, if your grass got dog feces in it, I don't care how green you make it. If it's got dog feces in it, you need to get out there and pick it up. 
right? So listen, I love the Tar Heel State. I love Southern barbecue. I love the hospitality. I love the ocean. I love the mountains. I love it all. But let me tell you something. When you find out that there's dog feces all throughout the yard, you need to go out there and address it. Through a spokesman, Mecklenburg County officials refused to answer these questions. Why? Because the state rejected placements when the state rejected placements in psychiatric residential treatment facilities, Mecklenburg paid $400 per day per child on its own to keep these kids in the facility that was in South Carolina for two months. Through a spokesman, Mecklenburg County officials refused to answer the questions. They referred a reporter to the State Department of Health and Human Services. If it wasn't an issue, you'd, you'd be discussing it. That's what I find true about officials. That's what I find true about officials, y'all, is that when, when it's something that they, they want the public to know, man, they'll get on every news channel in the world. But but when it's something that they done got caught in a corner, well, then I'll refer, you'll have to discuss that with the Health and Human Services folks. Why are we allowing this to continue on? Why are we allowing this to continue on? I think about myself. I think about the thousands of others who are left alone, who don't have anywhere to go. Right? Black was supposed to call, not send an email. <laughs> and, and, you know, somebody had to reach out. I'm, my aunt, I'm thinking about that. My aunt Susie, she was somebody, she'll be in the book, Impacting Life 24-7, recognizes Aunt Susie. Yeah, that'll be in my book, Who Ate the Brownie? We'll do a chapter on her because she was truly an angel in a time of hell. Somebody reached out and cared. And... Sometimes that's what it takes. It takes somebody to stop just looking at mm, with blinders on like nothing's going on in the world, but actually understand that there is a there is an undercurrent of problems that we as the citizenry need to address. You following me? Yeah, this is a nice hoodie, Chris Jr. Guess what? This is a hoodie that my son got me for Christmas. Chris Jr. is there in, in uh, where are you at? He's in Virginia Beach, Virginia, crushing it at the Army School of Music. He just had his first test yesterday, scored very high, and uh, but they did give him some room to score even higher. And so, so proud of him, that Army soldier. We love you, Chris. And so here's here's the problem is that nobody wanted to address the problem. Nobody wants to address the problem. Well, we got these kids. We had to take them out of their home. It was either leave them in their home to disheveled recklessness or take them out to dysfunction. On any given day, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know, I'm going to back this up with some data. Okay, on any given day, roughly 700 
or more children from North Carolina are housed in psychiatric residential treatment facilities. The facilities are largely isolated from the outside world. Visitors are limited to act with access to the building. Even state caseworkers are not allowed in sleeping quarters and other areas with kids. No, there's nothing wrong with the kids. The kids were just like me. That's that's the that's the issue. That's why that's what the whole article is about, Greg. The whole the whole four part series, which was in the USA Today, was this: foster children just needed a bed. Instead, North Carolina locked them in institutions. That's the problem. They they don't have mental issues. They don't have psychiatric issues. And it's been determined that these kids don't need those psychiatric services. But because there's no safe place to send these children, they are placed there. That's a huge problem. See, because here's the problem. We take them out of one. We take them out of one risky, crazy messed up situation in their home where mom and dad are on drugs or mom and dad are molesting or mom and dad are, are, you know, boyfriend is, is involved, whatever the case may be, electrics turns off all that. We take, we take them out of that situation and we need to get them in a home. We don't need to get them into an institution. We need to get them in the home, in a home or at a minimum, a group home. Because remember, I started out after getting picked up off the streets being homeless. I started out in a group home. But the but the larger expanded problem is, is that these facilities oftentimes repeat or replicate the very behaviors to these children that they experienced while they were in the home. Watch this. I'll just continue on because they, they said there, there's reports of sexual abuse. There's a reports of physical abuse. There's reports of neglect in these psychiatric facilities. Watch this. Children go to school and spend nearly all their time in the buildings that sometimes have damaged floors, walls, and smell of urine, according to the review of state inspection reports. Some have recreation yards surrounded with fences that contain razor wire. Now, all I needed, guys, was a home. All I needed was a was a home. I didn't need a prison. I didn't need to go into an institution. It wasn't my fault that I was being abused. It wasn't my fault that I was severely malnutrition. It wasn't my fault. And I detail this in the book, Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you still can make it. It's not these kids' fault that they were in a messed up situation at home. But when we inject them into the dysfunction of the system, that's where the problem just continues. Being put in a facility with razor wire. Let's see here. Are there kids there that need to be there? And if so, what is the ratio? Yes, obviously, the psychiatric facilities have children there that need to be there. But the bigger problem is, is that these psychiatric facilities are dysfunctional. So if a kid is taken out of its house or his or her house and they need to find a place for that kid to go, just think it's Friday. They've been trying all day to get them in a respite home or at a minimum, a group home, foster homes are just nobody's available. That's the problem. And so we're saying, well, we'll the, the, the Mecklenburg County paid $400 a day per child to have kids locked up 
in the psychiatric facility in South Carolina. They didn't need to be there. So the people that need to be there are there. The kids that need to be in a psychiatric facility are there. That would be like saying, hey, you know, I'm homeless on the streets. Can somebody help me? And what they do is they go put me down in the county jail. Well, you got home. You got three hots in a cot. Man, that, that's that's beyond ludicrous. I'd like to know your opinion. If, you, if you'd like to weigh in on this topic, 252-622-2561. I'm your host, CL King, Impacting Life 24-7. And, of course, behind the mic is the VP, Greg Smith. If you'd like to, if you'd like to become a sponsor, we'd love to have you. Don't go, go become a sponsor right now. <laughs> go become a sponsor right now. All you got to do is go to clkingspeaker.com. So kids complain. Now listen, this is firsthand this is firsthand reporting from the actual customer, okay? Kids complain that workers use excessive force, verbally abuse them and sometimes as a security measure Let's see here where it goes. Oh, and sometimes as a security measure, watch them as they shower or use the toilet. The article goes on to say, it is a loss of liberty, said Jonu Noel Andrews Coste, an attorney with disability rights in North Carolina and an advocacy group. Psychiatric residential treatment facilities are being used as a place just to put a child. See, that's we, we can't we can't try to water it down and say, well, you know, they, it's wrong. It's wrong. There is there is a shortage. There is a shortage of monumental proportion where you got to take a child who is used to being in a family, albeit dysfunctional, who's used to being with their siblings, who's used to being in a home, ladies and gentlemen. And and because we have such a shortage of group homes and foster homes, people that are willing to open their house, we're being forced, we're being forced to watch this pandemic underground where we're, we're having to place children in psychiatric wards who don't need them. I'm just telling you that it would be like you going to a city looking for a hotel. You just need a hotel. And instead of you getting a hotel, they put you in prison. Hey, well, you can stay here. You can bunk with him for the night. We don't have any hotels. What would that do to your psyche? Think about it from that perspective because you're taking a kid out of a home life. Most kids who are getting abused, most kids are, are, who are being mistreated, they still love their home. They still love their home. An investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice found in 2011 that North Carolina had failed to provide adequate services for people with mental disabilities. See, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. The whole, the whole system needs an overhaul. Would you like to comment on it? 252-622-2561. I only got a few more minutes left, and then we'll continue with this series Thursday night. Why, why is North Carolina not doing something about our foster care pandemic? I was a three-time foster kid, two-time group home kid, one-time homeless kid. And you're telling me that because 
this kid was was extracted from their home be, for for safety reasons that the best we can do because there's no beds nobody wants to open their home there's no there's no actual loving considerate place for these kids to go we're saying we'll put them in a psychiatric facility pay 4 to 500 dollars a day because we have no place for them to go and then we find the psychiatric facilities are worse Uh, the the psychiatric facilities are worse or on par with the homes that they were extracted from. Kids complain. I'm just going to read it again. Kid com, kids complain that workers are using excessive force, verbally abuse them sometimes as a security measure. Watch them shower and use the bathroom. They go on to say it's a loss of liberty. Said this advocate for disability rights in North Carolina and this advocacy group, psychiatric residential treatment facilities are being used as a place to put a child. Psychiatric facilities are not a place to put a child who has been extracted from their home, period. There's no equivocation. That that means they should have put me in a psychiatric place when they couldn't find a home. There's no equivocation. They shouldn't. They, uh, the psychi- the psychiatric facilities are should not be cross pollinated. They they should there should not be a mixed population of of students in there. What should happen is we should go on a campaign to recruit more foster parents. We should go on a campaign to erect more loving and compassionate group homes. We we should go on a campaign to fund these situations, especially in the, in the health and human services and, and, and disabilities arena. We should, we should, we should pour a whole lot more money into them than we're doing. And instead, we're putting a Band-Aid on them and saying, well, we don't have nowhere else for you to go. You got to go to the psych board. Victor Taylor is a foster parent. That's awesome. Yeah, Charity and I are talking about it. When we get to of age where the sun is setting in our life, we may open up our home just like Ruthie Plowden did for me. The state reached an agreement with the federal government to expand community services for housing. Six years later, the Justice Department accused North Carolina of failing to keep its promise. So see, we threw money at it and didn't work. You know, we did. We, we threw money at it. And then we reallocated the money that was thrown at it to other pet projects. You know how that happened. You know, that happens all the time, right? You know, that happens in government all the time. That funding is provided for one particular thing. And then once it's down to the level of execution, that money's diverted to other things. Bonuses, etc. In written responses to questions from USA Today Network, Staff officials said they were uh, they were aligning services to comply with law protecting civil rights in living situations for people with disabilities such as mental health patients. So when we continue this tomorrow, we'll find we'll close probably I mean, Thursday when we finish when we conclude our series on this 
on this topic Thursday. I just want you to know that that this is not going to conclude uh, my advocacy for this because, you know, I'm writing this book from a from a perspective of a person who's lived in situations where I you had to be extracted from your home. And we, we we've got to do better. We've got to do better. Not just lip service from the North Carolina General Assembly that says, you know, we're going to or, or, or the local or the local officials where we're going to align with blah, blah, blah. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear results. If I'm hearing that funding has been sent to fix this or to address it or to expand or to pour more resources into it, then why are we still in 2022 still seeing this as an, a, a pandemic? Don't don't get lulled to sleep and think that it's okay. Well, the child's got a place to go. No, the the child is being placed. The child is being taken from one bad situation to another. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, when I was taken from the streets off the streets, living by myself at 11 years old and placed in a group home, the second time, the first time I was there. For a short while, they realized that men in there were doing, trying to do things to me that shouldn't be done to an 11 to 12-year-old kid. So they put me in another group home, and the very same things happened. Let me just tell you, because, because the oversight, the, the supervision, man, it's just crazy. In, in the group homes, I remember them showing, bringing in videotapes of pornography to show the guys in the group home. So, you know, just because you put a kid in a facility doesn't mean they're going to be safe, doesn't even mean they're going to be sound, doesn't mean they're not going to experience some of the same or even worse experiences that they had when they were in their home. Okay? So, Thursday night, hopefully at 8.30, I had to go early tonight, I apologize, but Thursday night, we will continue and conclude this series, and then we're going to just call to action and just start calling these agencies and see how we can be a part of the solution. That's just, that's what I'm going to do. This is going to be my, my personal crusade as a foster kid. I, I can't, I can't just, I can't just sit back and say, well, tough break for them. I'm glad I got mine. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I refuse to do it. So if you want to call in Thursday at 830, you can call in 252-622-2561. And we would love to have you. We'd love to have you on the show. Love to hear your perspective about why North Carolina has to put kids in foster care. All right. With that, I'm going to close. I'm going to share my screen with you, ladies and gentlemen, and hope that you would pay attention very closely because we're going to show you a video uh, about our sponsors, our second half of our sponsors, the same uh, great people, but different people. But the same concept is that these people support Impacting Life 24-7, the mission of what we're doing. And the mission that we're doing is trying to impact one life one day at a time. I want to help young people. I want to help parents that, that need help with young people. I want to help educators educate better. I want to help administrators understand. I want to help everyone. And so that's why we're putting, pouring all of our effort into this book, Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you still can't have it. You still can make it. And we're, go we're going to give every ounce of energy to this cause. Okay? So with that, Check out a word of our from our sponsors, 
And then, ladies and gentlemen, tune back in Thursday night where we'll cl- conclude this series on nowhere to go. These kids who are living in situations where they have nowhere to go and they're foster kids. ...have helped us go where no podcast has gone before. Platinum sponsors, Paul Katrina McCain is the author of Because She Decided to Love. This book is a collection of poetry and prose about love and its important impact on every relationship. This raw and uncut poetry book addresses the themes of how we experience love through loss, hurt, pain, grief, and passion. Connect with her and get your copy of this book at PaulKatrinaMcCain.com. Donald Skip Mondragon, MD, is a 26-year Army veteran, National Veterans Wrestling Champion, and speaker. He is the author of Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, Lessons Learned from an Amateur Wrestler's Fight to Triumph Over Depression. Contact him at WrestlingIsNotForWimps.com. The Underdog Ninja Foundation. This was founded in 2020 by Javi and Jessica Madrigal, a husband and wife team that have been battling and overcoming heart disease for over 18 years. Their personal story and experiences have led them to follow their calling of empowering, educating, and supporting those fighting heart disease. Contact this amazing team at underdogninja.com. Melinda Tyson Linder. She has spent decades investing in people from all different walks of life. She has led inner city programs for disadvantaged youth, as well as been a mentor to young adults, married couples, and individuals facing adversity. Belinda and her husband have built multiple six and seven figure businesses and have trained leaders on having tenacity and character in business. Ultimately, Belinda cares about people and shows the love of God to everyone she encounters. Bettina Carey. Bettina Carey is the diminutive four foot nine and a half Latina. She inspires and empowers women to create big results. They break through. No, they shatter their earnings glass ceilings. They kick self-imposed limitations to the curb and live their legacies now. Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or conferring with a small cohort of bold women and men on the rise at a conference table, her championship strategies say you can win today. Contact her at weempoweryourlife.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, reach out to clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, clkingspeaker.com. Again, tune back in Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. I would love for you to call in 252-622-2561 and give your perspectives on, on this issue that's really a major issue in North Carolina. Until then, thank you so much for uh, joining with us. Thank you for our live audience that rode with us tonight as well as our podcast audience all across the globe. God bless you. We'll talk to you again on Thursday.